Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast where we're all secretly aliens. My name is Alex. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the Cartoon Network animated TV series Ben 10. Created by Man of Action, which is a writer's collaborative, the series premiered in December 2005 and ran until April 2008, spanning 52 episodes over four seasons. The series follows Ben Tennyson, a 10-year-old boy who finds an alien device called the Omnitrix. After attaching to his wrist, Ben is able to use the Omnitrix to transform into 10 different alien species, allowing him to live out his dream of becoming a hero. Aided by his cousin Gwen and grandfather Max, the three spend summer vacation fighting villains from Earth and from space. The series was met with widespread critical acclaim, becoming Cartoon Network's longest-running franchise to date, and spawning many direct sequels and a reboot series, though we'll be talking about the original series in this episode. And, as always, there will be spoilers. So, I watched a lot of this show as a kid. Uh, I, I, didn't, I don't remember exactly when it came out, I think 2005, uh, so... I must have been around nine that age, and that was prime Cartoon Network uh, age for Alex because I would just watch the show. I think this was one, one of the few shows that I would go out of my way to look up what show times it was airing on, like on the weekends, because I really loved the concept of it. This was one of those stories where it was very easy for a kid, Alex, to imagine a what-if scenario. Like, what if I was the one who got the Omnitrix and I could, like, fantasize and daydream about, like, my own hero exploits? And I just loved the concept of it and the different uh, aliens that we got to see in the show itself and how Ben has to always deal with how those aliens are, are always showing up at the wrong times or even dealing with like the unknown alien politics uh, from outer space that he's kind of thrust into. And it really did resonate with me as a kid. I was able to find a lot of like satisfaction and uh, I guess a superhero kind of story that I got out of it that I wouldn't normally get from Justice League or um, Code Lyoko, I guess, was coming out at that time as well. Uh, which was only supplanted by Avatar, I guess, in the next year. But yeah, I really, really liked the show, and I had a great time rewatching it. It was kind of a trip down nostalgia lane, because as I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that this happens, and this alien gets added here, and yada yada. But yeah, um, I wanted to talk a lot more about the world and the powers and the setting itself, but what about the rest of y'all? What did you think of the show and what's your history with it as well so this show absolutely obsessed with it uh you know during those years because i was i was 10 when this show started airing i was the same age as ben i was right there in that like demographic i was right there in that like interest group yeah wait ben's 10 are you guys kidding me please tell me you're joking well it's called ben 10 because he has 10 aliens, and his last name is Tennyson. He's not and also, he's also 10. 10. Also he's a 10-year-old. He's Fuck 10 years old. Fuck you, show writers. So you're telling oh me Gwen God. is also 10? Yes. So you're telling me Grandpa Ben sent 
or Grandpa, whatever the fuck, Max, sent Gwen into the fucking no void as a 10-year-old and was like, yeah, it's fine. Hey, hey, do you also want to know how old Kevin is? 11. How... Fuck you! I don't understand why you're surprised at this. Show writers. That's like, if he was 11, the... if he was 11 and like a street rat in New York, he would be dead. Also, or, or why no is Kevin... Whoa, 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 back the fuck up. Why is there are Kevin, plenty of Kevin homeless 11? kids in, like, every city. Why is Kevin Kevin Eleven? Okay, so he's one his, better his than no, Ben. His last name is also Eleven, and his middle name <laughs> yeah. starts with E. <laughs> doesn't Ben Kevin, count Kevin as one? Kevin Ethan so Levin is his full name. Be- oh, my, are you serious? I'm not. I'm serious. I'm, I'm dead I'm serious. Gonna, I'm gonna rage quit. <laughs> okay, I don't understand why you're surprised, because this is the tenor of the show. This is the, 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 the tenor? whole... this is the whole like vibe they're trying to strike right i was obsessed with the show as a kid right it was my favorite show on cartoon network it's my favorite show on television period for years and so much time like as an elementary schooler and such like playing pretend you know pretending to be ben 10 and you know playing pretend with my like siblings and stuff because this show had everything Right. It had cool sci-fi. It had cool magic powers. It had, you know, your 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 gamut of uh, like Saturday morning cartoon villains. I mean, the whole thing, right, has such this Saturday morning cartoon vibes. You know, you've got villain of the week sort of things. You've got these harebrained uh, schemes. You've got like the maniacal laughter. You'll regret that for the rest of your short life. You know, like big bad villain with the menacing voice and the overblown melodrama and. You know, it's got everything in it, Um, a little something for everyone. And it just strikes so many, like, good balances. You know, this balance between Ben is an obnoxious 10-year-old kid and Ben is, like, a selfless and insightful hero. You know, this balance between this is mindless fun and, like, you know, there's actually something to, like, consider here. I'm not going to go – I'm not going to say that the show has, like, an incredible amount of depth, you know? It's absolutely, like – kids cartoon you know it the the moments where it has more behind it are few and far between but i think the the mindless fun action is done really well it's just a lot of fun yeah first of all i'm glad that you enjoyed um pretending to be ben 10 um (laughs) all right i'm done now um I thought you were going to follow that up with, unlike you, I was actually Ben 10. <laughs> Michael 7. Um, okay, so, right. I'm pretty sure that I watched some of this when I was a child. I guess also around 9 or 10. Um, although I remember none of it. I remember the general concept of this kid named Ben. He has a watch, turns into aliens. By, like, rotating the thing on the watch. That's what I remember. It was him rotating the thing on the watch. That was fun. Um, I completely forgot that Gwen and Grandpa were characters in this show. Wow. Um, but, you know, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so, when I was re-watching it uh, earlier today and, and a few days earlier, um, I think I was... <laughs> I hate to say it. It's it's like it's fine. It's it's good. It's like it's a good it's a good kid show. Like I like literally I can't fault it for being a kid show, right? And I ultimately thought that the first season was like genuinely kind of interesting cuz I completely did not know who the fuck grandpa was even at all. So I was like, "Oh, he's like 
He's actually like when he was like, "Oh, that guy again." And I'm like, "Who the fuck? You're a human. How the hell do you know what who Vilgax is?" By the way, I'm pretty sure that every single line that Vilgax says is something about simping over the Omnitrix. Every <laughs> single fucking line. When I get my hands on the Omnitrix, I'm gonna be awesome. That's like every single line. Um, Look, Vilgax is around for like across four different shows in this continuity. Yeah. I want to say somewhere in the region of ten to fifteen seasons. <laughs> He never stops. Yep. He never stops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, when Grandpa was like, oh, I I knew him and I was part of this secret society thing, plumbers or whatever. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then when, eventually when that, more, more of that backstory came around. Um, so I ultimately thought that they, what, they, what they were able to do with the concept was pretty impressive. Like they, at least to a certain extent, I felt like there were a lot of creativity that they were able to do with the 10 aliens and of course further on more aliens um as well as the sort of like <laughs> playing <laughs> it's oh god it's a fucking magic system isn't it oh no <laughs> <laughs> here we go again all right so <laughs> so in case any of you haven't heard brandon sanderson <laughs> writes comedy or we writes fiction comedy for the Ooh, oh fantasy comedy by brandon sanderson i need that um in case you haven't heard, there's a way to talk about magic systems in Forks oh, of Fiction. Um, in case you actually haven't heard, like, we've done this bit so many times. Yeah. Basically, without going into it, I thought that they were able to actually, like, show and uh, uh, and and utilize the limitations as well as the capabilities of the Omnitrix in very interesting ways, as well as they were able to develop it. Uh, it kind of, it changes, and it actually, like, it means something. It, it's not like it's, like, he's just gonna turn into a random alien, or he's, like, always gonna turn into the forearm guy. That being said, he does turn into the forearm guy a lot, because it's mostly just punching. But <laughs> he he does the stuff in, in a lot of different ways. And I especially like the, is it the end of the, the first, the second season, when he unlocks the master mode? Is that the yeah, second season? second season. Okay, when he's, like, able to, like, switch on the fly, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, because he's actually being able to use them in conjunction with each other. Um, so, overall, I would say that, like, I wasn't, you know, personally impressed, but it's a kid's show. And, like, you know, I think it's a pretty good kid's show. And also, it's 2005, so it's it's pretty good. Yeah, like, wanna, I want to just specifically, like, point out what you're talking about, about the 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 way that the Omnitrix works and it doesn't work. And... There's more that I want to say on this later, but I think it's one of the best decisions the show made to have the sort of central plot device be unreliable and 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 randomly not work in different ways, you know, because then it's not as simple as does Ben make the right choice and does he hit hard enough or run fast enough, right? There's actually like he has to use his head. He has to think his way around the situations. And it's a great way to just like throw a little complexity, throw a little bit of a curveball into other guys very simple episodes I, I i think it's fantastic yeah um i uh i remember the show fondly uh i remember a couple of very specific episodes namely the kevin ones that i thought were really interesting um i think unlike alex this wasn't a show that i necessarily sought out when i was a kid i think maybe like at that time teen titans was out for a year two years 
like by season three or some shit, right? And then you know, Avatar was a couple couple years later. I, I don't know. This one just didn't seem to like Michael. I remember very little of the show afterwards, but at, at the same time, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and you know, it's I, I think the the point about the Omnitrix being a unreliable and b the magic system is is relatively nice and concrete and you know uh, simple definitely pluses for this show. I will say upon rewatching it, I don't know. I, I'm getting very, very tired of kids' show protagonists being annoying little shits. Uh, <laughs> I, and Ben is absolutely Ben and Gwen to a certain extent uh, fall into that uh, fall into that trap. And like, obviously, I don't remember having re- re- you know I don't remember that impression when I was a kid. Probably because I was an annoying little shit too, and you know I found it funny or whatever. But it, I feel like every time I watch a kid's show as an adult, it slowly whittles away at my patience. <laughs> like, I have become the adult. I have become the very thing that I swore to destroy. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it is hard for me to, it's hard for me to watch sometimes. And that's not a show, it's not a fault on Ben 10 specifically. And, you know, if we do, we probably will cover more kid shows in the future. And I'll probably bring this back up when we do, but, uh, Sometimes it's it's grating, and I I would just be like somebody slap this kid in the face. He is a pe-. like like I I would hope many times for Grandpa uh, Max to just be like sit this kid down and don't let him get away with the shit because like you tell him sternly to not do the things and then you just let him do them anyway. Like that's the problem. You're not like you're not you're not you're not a good authority figure. I've already gone on too long. It's that's not it's more it's a me issue it's a me issue i'll, I'll put it I that mean, way in 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 grandpa max's defense when the 10 year old kid that you're trying to discipline can like literally turn into like a, a a ghost or like the flash or something yeah remember what what do you do i think he learned his lesson after the fucking episode with kevin because that's what that was the whole crux of the episode was that he went maybe too far i guess and ben was like fuck y'all Hi, Kevin, and then that's that's the show. I mean, we're coming around to like one of like what I consider sort of like one of the biggest kind of flaws in the writing that doesn't quite hold up in later watches is, and especially because I've watched, you know, I watched all of Alien Force, I watched all of Ultimate Alien. These are the sequel series. Um, I even, and this actually is my biggest problem with Omniverse, which was like the the sequel to the sequel to the sequel, and is like, I think in the continuity, like six years down the line, I had a lot of problems with Omniverse, but one of my biggest ones was the writing just, you know, Ben had kind of, his character had regressed, you know, he was more mature in sort of the intervening years, and then his character kind of regressed to the 10-year-old kid who just was obnoxious for no reason other than being obnoxious. And I think in the sort of original show, there's something very interesting and something very I think compelling about this kid who, you know, for most of the time really is kind of just a bit of a piece of work, right? Like no more so than any, you know, obnoxious 10-year-old kid who, you know, especially gets a spelled head because he, you know, gains, you know, superhero powers and has people fawning over him in the media all the time. But, you know, it's – it's th- there's this dichotomy. There's this juxtaposition between – Again, Ben is an annoying little child, and Ben is, like, a selfless and courageous hero. Like, even in the very first episode, he has some moments of, like, when he gets the watch, he's like, I want to actually help people and not just make things worse, right? And that's, like, surprisingly mature, you know? So 
for him to to like have this have this counterplay, have this juxtaposition, have this like tension between these two parts of his character, and then over the course of like in universe like almost a decade have that not be resolved that's the part that doesn't hold up to me but i should say this is not really so much of a critique of this show as it is a critique of kind of the whole kind of you know the ben 10 cinematic universe as it were <laughs> the franchise the ben yeah, 10 the franchise thank you <laughs> yeah I mean... uh the omniverse oh god <laughs> make it stop uh, i mean i do think I do think Ben's character is pretty consistent. I mean, we're we're kind of given his whole shtick in episode one. He wants to help, but he's also a 10-year-old child who uh, has uh, problems listening to authority and would rather play video games uh, than, like, do what is, quote-unquote, the right thing. Uh, I, I do think it is pretty consistent throughout the first show, and I, I probably the main reason why is because kids' TV shows have at that point in time, had to be more episodic. And I, we talked about this later, uh, earlier on this on the podcast, about how these kinds of shows were the ones you tune in every Sunday morning. And depend, sometimes kids would be able to like catch episodes a couple weeks in a row. So no matter what would happen in the show, the characters would have to stay relatively the same because otherwise... If a kid picked up the show um, like a couple weeks down the road, they wouldn't really know what would have happened if there was some huge character arc or thing. Even the episodes with reoccurring characters have a little, like someone says a little spiel. Uh, Even with the Kevin episodes, like Ben will like address Kevin and their whole kind of like previous last time on Ben 10 uh, story synopsis will have been covered in like a couple lines of dialogue. So yeah, I I don't think I do think it is a uh, an issue, a product of its time, just the fact that we don't have that kind of character arc. But it's it's really interesting what you said, Iris, that he doesn't seem to progress at all in as he like gets canonically older. And again, I want to stress that that really is about the whole franchise, and I think. In the context of what could be expected for the original show, I think he does have enough, like, character progression that I'm willing to, like, overlook it slightly. It's not the point of this to me. Uh, All right. Well, let us, uh, speaking of characters, why don't we talk about our favorite moments and characters? And I also want to throw in uh, your favorite alien species from the Omnitrix, because that was something that I always had a tough time picking as a kid, trying to figure out if I could turn into any one alien, what would it be? Uh, And I think for me, just because of like the rate at which he shows up, I think it's it's kind of basic, but I think Forearms was my favorite, uh, favorite alien as a kid. Kid Alex would definitely want to like Hulk out and jump from building to buildings, uh, to like around the playground. I think, um, but I don't know. Uh, favorite moments and characters. Um, I think Grandpa, Grandpa Max is kind of slept on. Uh, he is like he genuinely cares for both Ben and Gwen, and so it's a lot of fun to watch him and like their family dynamics play out over the show. And he doesn't really 
change of growth, but it's always interesting learning more about his like plumber background. Uh, and as for favorite moments, I don't know. Any moment with Villiax is just such a great Saturday morning villain moment. I think I think my favorite episode had to have been the one where Ben unlocks the the like master control for the Omnitrix. You mentioned this, Michael. But yeah, that was Ken Alex was blown away by that episode. He's like, is this what it's gonna be like for the rest of the show? This is um, what it means to go plus ultra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just looked up uh, all of like the aliens in 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 the original Ben Ten. One of the frequently asked questions was, "How many aliens does Ben Ten have in the original?" <laughs> so, you but know. it's not ten though. Yeah, what's, ten. what's the answer, Michael? I mean, it, it is ten. On how you define it? No. Well, well, okay. At the beginning, it's ten, right? But it's okay. not ten throughout the entire first show. All right. Okay. I think okay. Wait, that, okay, impromptu, impromptu one question trivia corner. Like in in Omniverse, in Omniverse, he actually gives a number for how many aliens he's ever turned into by the time he's like seventeen or eighteen years old. What do y'all think it is? Sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> the most beautiful number. Uh, in the twenties, yeah, in the twenties. Michael actually would win this. He says it's slightly north of 70. Sick. All right. All um, right. Okay. Let's see. Favorite alien. Uh, what the fuck is Swamp Fire? <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at, you're looking at, a, that's, that's, that's from a later season. That's what? a later show. Oh, the original fuck. 10, Mike. Let's keep it there. What? How do I? <laughs> Classic aliens. Okay. 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 Uh, Okay, okay. Okay, while Michael's looking at a list, I, no, I found it. I found it. Heat Blast, Wild Mud, Diamond Head, Accelerate, Gray Matter Forearms, Stink Fly, Rip Jaws, Upgrade, Ghost Freak, Cannonbolt, Wild Vine? What the fuck? Cannonbolt <laughs> and Wild Vine are 11 and 12, respectively. Oh, it's 6. Oh. Cannonbolt. I was wondering what the fuck that was. Wait, what the fuck is Ghost Something... Freak? Bro, did you did you prepare for any of this it, podcast? It, it doesn't look like the invisible one. Okay, uh, the picture I'm looking it, at, it does not look like it. Okay, well that's actually a. Uh, th- th- there's a there's, there's like a, a whole, plot thread with that. There's a plot okay. thread involving that. What one. the fuck like does it, upgrade even do? Oh my god, dude! You can't be doing <laughs> this Listen, I watched the I watched the episodes. It just like goes into machinery and controls it. Is that it? Pretty much, you got um, it. Michael wants to go. make sure Take that he out. chooses the correct answer. What the fuck does Grey Matter do? Are they just small? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually dying. <laughs> I am, I'm losing my shit here, Michael. You, Why would you, you ever choose Wild Mutt? You just have, like, Toph Vision, and then that's it. <laughs> that's the whole point, dude. He doesn't always choose them. All right, all right, Michael, what's your favorite? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I feel like Rip Jaws is just freaking useless. <laughs> is that the is that the aquatic one? Yeah. 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 Literally, that, he that, like that transforms into once, and he's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, forearms is classic. I mean, obviously, heat blast is classic. I I guess I'll go with stink fly because he could fly, and I like flying. There we go. That's my answer. That's a good uh, answer. Favorite characters. There's not a lot of characters in this show. <laughs> um. So I guess I'll also have to, maybe maybe I'll go with Gwen because I feel like she puts up with so much shit that she deserves a mention. Um, 
Also, her having magic seems cool. That seems cool. Um, or at least, like, well, she doesn't have magic. She, like, gets the magic from that weird dude. Well, she's, like, innately she learned disposed magic. to it. Yeah, I guess. Right? I mean, that's that's six bit. Okay, here's the deal. There are so many things that, like, watching these episodes in the last week with Alex and, like, talking about it in this episode, there are so many things that my brain's like, oh, yeah, they, they, they expand on that in, in Alien Force and Ultimate Alien. There are so many things. I'm going to have to read the freaking like, Silmarillion of Ben 10. Literally, there was, like a, there, was like a, there was, like, a 20-second segment about, like, Tetrax in the in the movie, right? We're talking to Ben. is like, hey, I made a mistake, too. I helped Vilgax steal a powerful artifact, and then he used it to destroy my home planet. I was like... Uh, very casually to Alex, oh yeah, they have a whole episode in Arkin about this, you know, in, in Alien Force. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, they just keep doing it, you know? Yeah. They just keep doing it. <clears throat> um, okay, and the favorite moment? Uh, f- I, I do like the, the plumber reveal, actually. I think that, that, that was cool. The whole, the whole grandpa is a plumber guy. Um, what about and- when George Washington's head was destroyed on Mount Rushmore? <laughs> that happened? I don't think I watched that episode. <laughs> Sick. Oh, All right, that's why. Although, okay, well, sorry. Last last question. I actually think that my overall favorite episode was Ben Ten Thousand. That was actually a sick episode. Yes, thank you, thank you. I was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Forearms was actually, I think, the creator's favorite character, uh, Alien Two, which is why he's on so much like promotional shit and seems to be the vastly more popular one because it's it's almost like they they took the. They took the stereotype of having the punchy guy be, like, big and strong, and we're like, if we could make this guy more punchy, we should do it. But how do we do it? And then they were like, give him two more arms. And they were like, you're a fucking genius. Yeah, I, I also think he has the best uh, voice. Uh, Thank you. I was just about to say that. His voice is so good. I will say, I, actually, I always think that Hellboy has four arms because of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think Diamond Guy actually has a very good voice actor as well. He's, he's probably up there. Maybe not my favorite, but he's up there. Uh, Heat Blast, I think, is my favorite, or at least was my favorite when I was a kid. That was that was some, you know... It's like Human Torch, but better, more or less. Like, no downsides, pretty much. It's pretty sick. No uh, downsides to the Human Torch. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put him on a tier list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, let's oh let's God. do it right now. Rank, who is the S-tier <laughs> alien in Ben 10? I mean, it's got to be Heat Blast. He can you also You guys are fly. reminding me of, like... Like a month long argument I had with my twin brother about who would like like who beats who Ben Ten versus Danny Phantom. <laughs> it's Ben Ten, I think. Pretty easy. Well, here's the problem, but Danny though. Phantom can just walk what does Ben stuff? do about Danny Phantom just going ghost? Yeah. Like I agree, Ben Ten is stronger, but he has no counter. To... Anyway, that's the problem with shows like this. You get into like the weeds of like the who would win, you know, subreddit bullshit nonsense, you know. Oh, that's a good read. Um, as for favorite character, I mean, I'll give credit to Gwen. In my opinion, I think Gwen is a little bit better developed as a 10-year-old because A, she has a very clear hobby, and B, she's a tiny bit more mature, which I always appreciate because I hate kids, apparently. Um, but uh, And then favorite moment. Um, I... I I will I will go in more in depth when we discuss these episodes, but I like the Kevin arc the most, kind of. I think what they did with Kevin, at least in in the first two seasons, uh, was a great way to show that you know the the showrunner the the showrunners were like they could find a character they could kind of experiment with and throw the questions like what happens if all ten aliens are combined together and have their powers at the same time, like that kind of stuff, you know. 
I love that as an adult, and I love that as a kid. So I got to give credit to it. Yeah, as far as for me, favorite character, you're right. There's not a lot of, you know, we've got our main three, the family, and then it's like this rotating cast of recurring villains for the most part. Um, you know, shout outs to Gwen, shout outs to Max, shout outs to Kevin, who I think is fascinating. And I think who is one of my favorite, like, of the long list of the things they followed up on in, in later sequel shows. Kevin's like top of the list because he becomes a great character. I, I'm um, glad to hear that because he... He's kind he's, of an ass character. He's such a yeah. fucking edgelord. Yeah. He's oh, he's <laughs> such a he's such a great like anti-hero. Like spoilers. Oh, oh, later, later. Okay, okay. Fair. Later, later, fair, later. Fair, not fair. in this show. Beyond, not in this show. Beyond the scope of our uh, discussion. <laughs> beyond the scope of, of our discussion. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say honestly, I'm just gonna give a shout out to my 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 boy Tetrax, uh, who, you know, such a minor character. Right, shows up a little bit in the beginning and shows up a little bit in the end, but he's really freaking cool. Who, who's Tetrax? <laughs> anyway, my favorite moment I'd have to say. Jesus. All right, well, looking him up now. Um. Oh God, I mean, I, I just have such a deep and abiding love for the Ben Ten Thousand episode. I think it was such an inventive and such an uh, you know, like out of left field, but like astonishingly effective like piece of storytelling right uh to just casually introduce oh hey this is the future and this is what happens and this is what's going to happen to the future but like you have the benefit of perspective now and you can like you know talk to your future self and like witness yourself you know from an outside perspective and also of course you know all the hey this is what you know the villains are like in the future and this is what the other, you know, side characters are like in the future. And this is, you know, some of the aliens that we never actually saw again in this series. You know, like, I, I, I just love that whole episode. It's just so very satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I think we can break down Ben 10 into, like, half, half of it is, like, a superhero show. While half of it is a sort of family road trip-esque show, kind of like uh, National Lampoon, I want to want to say. Uh, and so let's talk a little bit on the, the family dynamics between Ben, Gwen, and Grandpa, because as we've been saying, they are the only three consistent characters that we have in this show. They're the ones that we hang out with the most, they're the ones that we get to know the most. Uh, so yeah, what did you all think of uh, the family dynamic between uh, our three main characters. Was it realistic or was it annoying, as Marcus might say, uh, between the two? <laughs> uh, yeah, what did you all think? It's tricky to sort of, at least for me, to put like a single sort of like, I liked it, I didn't like it on it. I mean, like, obviously, okay, I like that I didn't like it. It's not the right sort of comparison to make, but, like, it works or it doesn't. Because in some ways, I felt like it's not meant to, like, work, air quote, the way a traditional family dynamic would. I mean, we've, we were talking about this earlier. These are static characters, by and large, right? It's They have this pre-written sort of series of interactions with each other. Um, but what I do like, I think, what I think they did really well is balancing this this uh in the relationship between ben and gwen specifically balancing the i can't stand you and you annoy the shit out of me and i want to be far away from you when i'm going to call you names with the oh when it comes down to it like i care a lot about you and i love you you're my cousin and like i secretly care about you and we're in this together right 
you know, even from the very first episode, the moment where they're like, hey, you know, I've got like a candy bar. You've got like two bags of 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 uh, like lollipops or, or whatever. Rice cakes. Yeah. Uh, can we make it last the whole summer? That's just such an adorable little like very true to life sort of like, you know, they have a sibling dynamic, right? They're not actually siblings in the show, but I'm going to they're basically siblings. It's not uh, like I care about you or anything. <laughs> oh, see, but no. Again. See, the problem is that's like Sundere vibes, which has like an implied romantic connotation, which I'm not about. <laughs> now, the writer is on fanfiction.net on the other yeah. hand. Oh, oh my god, so... no, stop, please. I don't need this evil in our podcast. Um, yeah, no, I think that's that's my take. I think it does what it needs to do, and the sibling dynamic is particularly heartwarming as someone who has three siblings. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll plus one to the sibling dynamic. I think that's by far the best aspect of it. Because um, there there's a balance between, and this is especially apparent in Gwen, uh, there's a balance between, like, you know, I hate your guts and you're a piece of shit, and I'm going to call you every, you know, schoolyard insult in the book. Uh, but, you know, I also will, you know, not give my life for you, but, like, you know, if you're just floating in a void or some shit, I have to rescue you, then I'll do whatever it takes. You know, that kind well, of Well, I mean, hang on, though, because, like... In 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 the movie, we actually were led to believe for a period of time that Gwen had given her life for Ben. That's fair. so. Like, I don't think it's too far to say I would give my life for you That's when it comes fair. down to it. There, uh, but uh, here again, having you know, not necessarily discovered, more like rediscovered that these two characters are ten years old. So it, it breaks a little. It it. it it grinds in my gears a little bit, you know. It, it's not necessarily clicking in my head when I when I realize that that kind of Otherwise, you know, I don't want to say it's stereotype, but it's kind of a classical theatrical thing to do. It happened between two 10-year-olds. Yeah. But um, I also think that, you know, obviously because I remembered none of the show having rewatched it. Uh, I think that the reveal of, of Grandpa Max as like the the kind of anti or the, the uh, extraterrestrial alien division or whatever of the military was a really cool way to kind of like... Like, in the beginning episodes, when Ben gets the watch, Grandpa Max, instead of being like, yo, we should go to the authorities and, like, get this thing checked out and, like, off of you, which is what a normal person would do, he's like, we gotta figure out how this works, and we gotta make sure that you use it responsibly. Which, you know, you wouldn't know that, that he he's not necessarily familiar, but he has that, he has a different outlook on it than, you know, somebody else would. Um, and I think that's a real, that was a really cool aspect of, you know, because I was I was pissed at that first, and then I was like, oh, now now that makes more sense. You know, Max is familiar with this, or you know, has experience with this. I understand why he wanted to take this approach instead. Yeah, call back to why I really enjoyed that part. I swear, I thought he was an alien or something. I thought he was going to be like, <laughs> I'm actually an alien. That's why I know all this shit. You're not my real grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been dark. Yeah. Uh. And I want to actually just, like, little Easter egg moment that I particularly enjoyed on the rewatch. The very first episode, the very first episode when, like, you know, Ben has turned into Heat Blast for the first time and they're sitting around at the campfire and, you know, Gwen's like, oh, man, do you think Ben's going to be a monster forever? And Grandpa's like, Grandpa Max is like, he's not a monster. He's an alien. And they both look at him and he's like, uh, well, of course he is. Like, what else could he be? Right? <laughs> you know, they did. They, 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 they planned ahead. Um. Yeah. No. It's 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 satisfying. Yeah, that little bit is is satisfying, as you said. 
Um, as for what the, the dynamic, I think parts of it didn't go well. Again, I'm going to highlight Ben. He feels like, like Alex, you, you mentioned that, you know, he has that kind of duality. He's, he's, and Iris, you said this too, you know, he's a piece of shit, but he also has a, you know, like a very kind heart and a very, you know, strong will to help people. The problem I have with that is that it, it's like an on off switch. There doesn't seem to be any fluidity to it. It's like literally he's being a piece of shit in one scene and then the next and he's like, oh no, people are dying. I have to go save them, you know? And like, I can understand like a kid looking at that. It's a, it's a little clearer to them when it's not, you know, there's no gray area there. But again, as I rewatch this as an adult and realize how, how fucking annoying this little kid was, uh, it was definitely hard. It was jarring for me to watch this kid, you know, have an otherwise really, you know, good moral compass yet also, you know be a piece of shit for piece, being a piece of shit's sake you know there was no reason why he had to be a little asshole he just was and like that was part of his identity or whatever so yeah i absolutely think your point about it sort of being a hard shift back and forth you know it's very black and white that's that's, that's a very accurate point and i also here's here's sort of how i look at it if this show had been pitched and written like 10 years later or 12 years later, I think there would have been a lot more of a blending of sort of these two kind of major, uh, the you know, it's like the two poles of a magnet, right? You know, there would have been a lot more of a blend between the two of them rather than just we're in a noxious 10-year-old kid mode versus we're in selfless, wise hero mode. And I think that had the show been pitched and written 10 to 12 years later, there would have been a lot more of an emphasis on that arc, that, you know, that growth over the course of the season, kind of culminating in this, you were meeting the creator of the Omnitrix. This is spoilers for the movie, by the way, but you meet the creator of the Omnitrix and you think that, you know, you, you're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Turn it off, take it away from me to like save the universe you know, I'm okay if I don't have this anymore. I accept that. And then have him be like, you know what, you know what, you know, why not? You can keep it. You you earned it. You deserve it. You're a hero enough to, like, be worthy of it. Right? That, like, progression, I think, could have been, like, really fantastic if it were what was being focused on in the writing room. And I think it's just very much a product of its time that that's not the case. You know, like, obviously, I would love for there to be, you know, it's me. I love character arcs. I love satisfying character development. I would love for there to be more substance there. But just like the show, like when it was released, this the 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 era it was released in the the other, you know, the competition, just the 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 room, you know, at the moment, I don't fault it for not having those qualities. Yeah, I mean, as much as I do think it is a realistic portrayal or semi-realistic portrayal of if you gave a 10-year-old, like, a gigantic superpowers, um, there is something to be said about how all the problems, or most, like, 80% of the problems that happen in the show are directly because Ben is, as you say, Marcus, being a little asshole uh, and not (laughs) listening to anybody. But, yeah, that on the rewatch that did, like, come to the fore in my mind like oh yeah no he is like at fault for almost everything he does uh but speaking of uh, being handed superpowers let's talk a little bit about the omnitrix as this superpower quote-unquote because it is a hero show he, he doesn't call it like or ben doesn't say like oh i'm going alien he says i'm going hero and so i wanted to take a look at the omnitrix as a superpower uh, superpower, one that kind of like grows and changes, because I think the really interesting thing that this show does is 
like throwing in a new alien once things get stale or having the Omnitrix uh, malfunction and giving them like a suboptimal uh, alien in order for him to like beat this enemy with or save someone with. I think those little moments are what make the show so enjoyable to watch for me as right as a kid and also right now as an adult. Uh, I'll say this right now. Um, this is actually a magical girl a- anime because there's magical girl transformations. That's oh what I said. That's oh what I my said. God, yeah. You guys are cursed. <laughs> you guys have literally watched so much anime that you you could not you couldn't help yourself. Literally, the only gotta... magical girl animes I've watched have been for this show. Um, <laughs> looks like we got a case of Weebola up yeah. in here. <laughs> oh, anyway, so. Yeah, as you say, the Omnitrix is really interesting. Like, for for all of the superhero origin stories that we get in, you know, DC and Marvel, um, having, like, a sort of alien device that comes down from space and, like, quote-unquote gives you superpowers is very interesting because it means that, again, going back to the hard magic stuff, it means that his powers are tied to this object. And so if they are given the space to have the object almost be its own character to a certain extent, right? It can quote unquote make, do things, change things, malfunction, as, as we said, as well as change, right? And so it's, that was sort of the best part of the rewatch for me was seeing how the Omnitrix changed as well as um, led to interesting moments. Um, so all in all, I think the Omnitrix as like a narrative device per se um, is uh, very well executed. Yeah, I mean, a device in the literal and the narrative senses, yes, right? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's, 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 it was very well conceived, I'll say, at the start of the writing process because they have just this absolutely, you know, ready-made uh you know foolproof sort of way to introduce new complications to introduce some variety to introduce some novelty into a formula that can get kind of old and stale and tired which is what the problem that like so many the kind of formulaic villain of the week you know superhero or magic or adventure shows run into you know getting stale getting predictable and having the freedom to say oh well you know it's not just he chooses the right or alien or wrong alien. It's he chooses the right one, but he gets the wrong one and he has to deal with it. And they can work in so much of the like small scale storytelling around that the humorous bits of, you know, he's like, I'm going to go forearms. And then it's like the flash fades and we're looking at an empty space and then it pans down and there's gray matter there. Right. Like so much of those, just like the, those little beats are, are worked into the, the way that the Omnitrix doesn't, engage with Ben the way he wants it to. And also just, you know, even even separately from sort of like novelty or or humor, there's just the plot kind of implications. A lot of story beats are driven forward by the Omnitrix fucking something up at a crucial time. You know? I it's it's just so there's there's so much utility to how they set up the unreliability of the Omnitrix purely from like a, a story crafting perspective. And like I know I had joked earlier about how when when Ben unlocks the master mode, he's kind of like he's kind of like increasing his power level or whatever. But 
I think it was a, an interesting kind of spin because now he has the ability to kind of change on the fly. So in that episode, basically they they tried to give him situations where changing aliens on the fly would have allowed him to be more fluid in combat or like, you know, he he you know changes from he, he falls into the water as forearms and then changes into fucking the aquatic guy and swims like Stuff like that. I, I, sorry. The, 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 the water alien is trash and like he's definitely like F tier. Yeah, they're definitely at a tier list here. So, yeah. yeah. Um, now, Iris, I have a question for you because you've, you know, engrossed yourself in the general Ben 10 universe. Uh, does it actually get stale in future series? Because there, there definitely is a limit to how many things, how many new innovative ways they can make the Omnitrix do things. And I imagine they must hit it, or at least get close, I would hope, uh, in three, four seasons of unique Ben 10 television. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is that with, uh, so, so you know, for, for your edification, for our listeners' edification, of, you know, ignoring the reboot that happened, because it was like, ooh, obnoxious beyond belief, there are four distinct, like, shows, air quotes, in the sort of Ben 10 continuity. And they're all in the same, you know, canon with each other. There's the original Ben 10, which is the one that we're talking about right now, which is like the summer of his, you know, he's 10 years old. This is summer vacation. There is Ben 10 Alien Force, which occurs after a five-year time skip. He's 15. And, you know, he's actually had the Omnitrix off for a while. He hasn't been wearing it for like a couple of years. But, you know, there's there's kind of like alien incursions and like a sinister plot and like he makes the difficult decision to put it back on and start you know going out and being a hero again and then it kind of goes from there and i'd say at least that one like it's entirely a different show from the original right because you've you've lost this uh framing device of the road trip and the summer vacation and it loses a lot of the villain of the week sort of stuff like the whole first season is this like overarching connected arc of like figuring uncovering this mystery of you know it's still goofy as hell right the bad guys are called the dna aliens because they're mutating human <laughs> dna for nefarious <laughs> purposes but like it is an overarching plot and it kind of culminates in this big season finale where they're like having a fight for the fate of earth right with all these different threads that have been woven in front throughout the season which is not really a thing that the original show did a lot you also have like a lot fewer like kids being obnoxious kids because everyone's like 15 or 16 which is still like young but they act a lot more mature and there's a lot fewer plot points that are predicated upon this kid is being obnoxious that's not to say that the new formula didn't get stale eventually because i think it sort of did i think they had to resort to some gimmicks to like keep things interesting in in the later shows but it was a different formula at least, and this is about, like, the middle two kind of shows, which were Ultimate Alien and Alien Force, although that's reverse order. Uh, the the last one, Ben 10 Omniverse, uh, which kind of is, like, the latest in the line of the continuity, kind of went a little bit off the rails. Kind of did some really wild out there things, uh, you know, beyond the wild and out there things that had already happened. Like, they kind of just, like, kept going, you know, because, like, if they didn't st- keep making things more wild and more ridiculous you know what 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 happens anymore um i think eventually it did sort of fall through i did not watch most of omniverse and i loved like so much of ben 10 so like it's kind of saying something um but it just sort of ran out of things to do without 
doing things that felt like narrative cheating, right? My biggest problem with Omniverse, I think I mentioned earlier, was, you know, the fact that Ben's character just regressed so much because they didn't know how to, like, have him continue to be a wise and mature and fully realized hero figure and have the show itself still work. That's that's my my long-winded answer to yeah, that question. That a, that I think Ultimate Alien and Alien Force are fantastic. They're different. They're well worth watching. You can stay away from Omniverse. <laughs> Uh, and uh, before we move on to the next and last topic, I just want to go back to talking about what I like uh, a lot about the Omnitrix is that the the inherent time limit of the 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 changes and the transformations. Because I think the best moments in Ben happen when Ben is out of time and he has to solve things using his human body and. I think the writers can get very creative in those moments, uh, and a lot of the quote-unquote character development moments happen in that. Uh, case in point, the uh, Ben 10,000. The, ep- the episode ends with like uh, Ben reverting to his human form to uh, beat Vilgax, because Vilgax already knows all of his uh, alien forms. But yeah, I really let, again, working in the limitations, uh, going back to what Sanderson says when building a magic system, you have to keep it simple, have to give it hard limits, because that's what makes it a lot more interesting. And that's what really made uh, the Omnitrix interesting for me. Uh, but you can't have a hero story without the villains. And uh, the two villains that I do want to talk about, because all the other ones are, like you said, Iris, Villain of the Week. I think the two reoccurring villains uh, in the show, at least the ones that we watched for uh, our watch-through, are Vilgax and Kevin. Uh, And so I wanted to get your ideas on these two as villains, because they're quite different. Uh, And they have the great opportunity to overlap uh, or cross paths in uh, the last episode of season two. So yeah, what did you think about Vilgax and Kevin? Uh, I already said my piece on Vilgax that he, I think he's like a great uh, uh, Saturday morning villain that kind of just fills that role. But what about the rest of you? Yeah, I agree with your assessment of Vilgax, I think. He definitely feels like he is the, like there's nothing necessarily interesting about him. It's just that he always comes back no matter what. And you can always just count on him to come back and simp for the Omnitrix. Um, <laughs> and in that sense, he is this sort of like, this like, a sort of baseline layer of villainy that we get throughout the entire show that almost like the more it, the more he comes back, the more like, oh, what is he going to do this time type of thing? I'm sure that it might get old at some point. But as, I don't know. Anyway, um, so in that respect, I think Vilgax is like a, is like a good sort of foundation. Kevin, however, is the sort of, um, Kevin has more of a quote unquote character arc, if anything. Um, Maybe not necessarily emotionally, but like, physically for sure um and (laughs) (laughs) and as well as i feel like his um his motivations uh change to a certain extent um specifically talking about that last episode in season two as you said that one was a really good episode and because 
they were able to show that Vilgax and Kevin, albeit they had their sort of, you know, same goal of getting Ben and getting the Omnitrix, they distinctly have different reasons for doing it. And we're able to see that clash, which ultimately becomes their downfall. How the f- how how did how did they get out of the null void again? Is... Uh, Gwen flew them out, or no? Gwen flew out, and Ben like did some somersaults. No, no, no. How did Vilgax get out of the null void? Oh, unexplained. How does Doomsday get out of the Phantom Zone? Yeah, right. Yeah, as you it, said, Michael, he just he'll find a way to come back. Is Kevin still does, there, or does. did he actually come back too? Uh. That gets addressed in Alien Force. God damn it! <laughs> um, uh, he stay. He's he stay. He gets stuck there for a number of years okay. uh, and has some like traumatic life experiences and eventually makes his way out. Damn. So what you're saying is Kevin is no longer eleven at the time that he exits. The <laughs> no. What? <laughs> um. So, in that episode, right, we're able to see that you know. They both want the same thing, but for different reasons. Like, Vilgax wants the freaking Omnitrix because, you know, he wants to rule the universe with his army of people who've, who have the Omnitrix. And Kevin wants the Omnitrix because he fucking just hates Ben. And that he also wants to rule the Earth. Very, very, you know, lower stakes as well. But specifically <laughs> yeah. because he has, like, this emotional connection to Ben fucking him over in, this own, in his own episode. And so, with that, they were able to actually use both of them against ben really interestingly like they they legitimately conflict each other even though they have a similar goal and so i think that both of them at least in that episode are like very well written to a certain like to to a certain extent um and having ben go up against both of them is really cool i will say i think that kevin okay first of all i need to ask why is kevin called kevin 11 besides the fact that he's 11 okay his last and name his last is name. Yeah. Levin. No, but he's his, the episode name is Kevin Eleven. Right. It's supposed to be a play on Ben Ten. It's supposed to be like, oh, he's Kevin Eleven. He's one more than ten. He's like Ben's rival, Ben's nemesis, a little bit stronger than him. Well, so what I thought, first of all, this kid already somehow has powers. Okay. Let's well, start with that's that. That's the eleventh. That's the eleventh power. Right. So <laughs> why the fuck isn't Ben called Ben Eleven? What? Yeah. Huh? Being human is 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 the first form. So it's eleven okay. forms. Okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, basically, I think up until that point, Kevin was mo- mostly just like motivation building of like he he wants to basically kill Ben so much. That eventually he has to team up with Vilgax in order to actually do anything. And so, leading up to that moment, I thought that Vilgax and Kevin were, like, very interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I don't think, I don't, like, Kevin does have a character arc. I don't actually think it's that good. And I guess I'm somewhat happy to hear that it gets better in, I guess it was Alien Force, that's what Iris said, but... um, Alien Force, mainly. Yeah, it's, it, like... Again, he, he he throws every schoolyard insult at Ben, uh, vomit face or whatever. It, it, it's it's a little cringy, honestly, watching it over and over and over again. And then they literally have to do the thing in that in the cage match episode or in the 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 spaceship fighting arena episode. They have to literally link their their uh, their things so that they can't kill each other. Because if they didn't have that, then Ben then Kevin would literally just kill Ben. Like. 
you can be angry at this kid for a long time, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make you an interesting character. It just makes you a one-note character. And as as I can't remember who said this, but or I think it was Michael, but like the physical changes are a little bit more they're more interesting because they show how Kevin is, you know, losing the part of him that was like because he, he thought he was a freak, or he was called a freak before, but he really wasn't. And now he's just becoming the freak that he never really wanted to be. Like, that's kind of the uh, the irony uh, as far as his character goes. Um, it is so hard for me to not just bust out into the very, in my opinion, interesting and compelling dynamic of Kevin and his powers in Alien Force and Ultimate Alien. This is so hard because they go. This is such a big focal point for him. Is like how to how to use them, how to live with them, and like what the cost is. Ugh. I mean, that's good because what they uh, what I assume they put in the Alien Force they were distinctly lacking in in the original series, and I think well, that's because they're different shows. They're different right, like right. types of shows. Right. Um, but I will say that you know their team up episode is probably the best the best moment for both of them because. They both build upon a little bit more than their otherwise one-note selves uh, in their in their solo episodes that they have, um, and I think you know, I, I think it's interesting that they were they were essentially allied right up until they were actually able to separate the Omnitrix from Ben because at that point then Vilgax was like Omnitrix and Kevin was like Ben and then they 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 split focus and that's what allowed them to escape. So. Uh, I rated a, maybe a 5 out of 10 overall. Wait, wait. Are you rating the whole show 5 out of 10? No, no. The 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 overall villain presence. Excluding the, you know, villain of the week shit, which is one note. Uh, Iris, anything to add on the Vilgax-Kevin villain dynamic? I think... I think Vilgax's role is important as sort of just this baseline i personally to me I, I i guess and this doesn't really get followed up a whole lot in the later episodes just from like a they that's how they wrote themselves into sort of this like trajectory in particular like the episode kevin 11 where we meet kevin for the first time i think that the way that kevin sort of tempts ben very quickly into making a lot of very bad decisions and sort of gets Ben on his side is really fascinating. I think there's a great sort of just the way that he's set up as a foil. Uh, and again, you know, later seasons, the way that is expanded upon when they're like, you know, friends and allies, but also like clash a lot is, is really fascinating. I think for a show of its caliber, I think that they got a lot of mileage out of these two in particular. And I, you know, I just have a lot of nostalgia associated with them. All right, folks. Well, that's going to end it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I tried to find a alien-themed uh, animated short on YouTube. There aren't too many that I haven't already done. So I'm going back to our good friend Worthy Kids. Uh, and recommending the YouTube video Captain Yajima on his YouTube channel. So go check that out. It has stuff to do with aliens and astronauts. So hopefully it's pretty thematic. But once again, that will do it for us, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank Thanks, you. Everyone.